station, but we're here for a real education. Welcome to A Real Education. I am your host, Tim Wick. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, movie assassin, Melissa Kersher. Hello. I feel like I've been movie assassin like three times Yeah, before. probably, but I you know, I couldn't come up with a really good other terminology for this I, film, well, given, yeah, it's perfect, given what we're about to watch. And uh, we are joined Hashtag by... spoilers, dude. I haven't well, seen it. Well, it's true, but it's all right. <laughs> it's all right. This, this, this is not too much of a spoiler. However... Uh, we are joined by our co uh not a co-host, but our, our movie novice. Well yeah, she's the co-host for the day, right? Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. And uh, she we're gonna call her our movie uh our handler. Uh, yeah. Barb Lind. Hello, Barb. Hello. I'm excited to be your movie handler and what can I handle for you? Well, you can <laughs> handle uh the Matador, because that's the film we're watching today. And uh Barb, you need to tell our listening audience right now, without any preparation whatsoever, what do you know about the Matador. Uh, that it has Pierce Brosnan in it. Mm. I have theories about what it's about. Yes, please. Um, so my current theories, so the theory that I really hope is true, but I know that it's not, um, it's Pierce Brosnan is a matador and he falls in love with a bull. And then there's, you know, shenanigans, hijinks, things along those lines. Um, I feel like I've seen this on DeviantArt. <laughs> you know, maybe. That's I mean. basically hundred uh, percent accurate and we no longer need to watch the film. No Yes, I knew it. No, not true. Not my, true. My other theory is that there's some form of spy, sabotage, saboteuring, and he's either the bad guy or the good guy, because that's what Pierce Brosnan does. Hmm. Excellent. Yes. Excellent indeed. Those are fine thoughts. Uh, that I will neither confirm nor deny because that's not how this podcast works. Dang it. Uh, that is how this podcast well, works. Well, we'll let the movie confirm or deny. Yes, yes, yeah. that's that's what we will do. Uh, we can confirm indeed that this does feature Pierce Brosnan. This is our Bond mm-hmm. series. We are following Pierce Brosnan from his work as Bond into The Matador, which the less I say about it, the better. We'll talk sure. about it, I think, more after. Um, if you haven't watched... Uh, this is one of those films that I think is uh, really a treat. Yeah, it is. It's, uh, it's a it's, lot of fun. It's it's a surprising film that goes in directions that are uh, re- consider regular. I was going to say regularly unexpected. Yeah. 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 You have my brain working overtime now, so I'm starting <laughs> to get super excited. So now you're going to be expecting all sorts of things. You have you have set the bar high, sir. So you'll be you'll so come back. And Pierce we'll say, Brosnan better deliver. We'll say, hey, Barb, what did you think of the film? And you'll be like, I expected everything. Be like, be like, Tim oh. set me up. It sucked. Well, <laughs> that that. that. <laughs> So welcome for to, those of you who uh, welcome to episode 100, folks. For those of you who thought our episode 100 was going to be about Star Wars, boy, is that a story! And it's not a story that we get to tell. But the point yeah. is, uh, this is going to be episode 100, and it's not Star Wars. <laughs> uh, sorry, but but you're welcome. Yeah, yeah. yeah it uh, anyway. Yeah. The we we did watch Star Wars, and that's a story for another day. Yeah. But uh, not today, because Tim, today... Tim, you shouldn't have played the special edition, I'm telling you. Yeah, that's what did it. I, <laughs> I accidentally yeah. put in the special edition, and uh, I, I, I ruined the for- podcast. <laughs> because you that's just, what you ruin special, everything. That's what the special edition did to Star Wars. It ruined Star Wars. The special edition of Star Wars 
while recording a podcast ruin the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, you like doubled down on the special edition. I hate you. Yeah. But that <laughs> that doesn't have anything to do with what we're going to watch today. Right. This film this is literally better. has nothing to do with Star Wars. <laughs> Except it's in English. Except both films were filmed in English. I think that's pretty much it. Right. I'm going to find another link to I'm, Star I'm, Wars. You know yeah. Oh, yeah. Now you're going to spend the entire uh-huh. film on your phone looking for... No, I'm going to spend five minutes on my phone and I'm going to find you're, it. And you're going to be like, oh, <laughs> the second unit director for Star Wars was the best boy on yes. The Matador or something like that. Oh. All right. Wouldn't it be the other way around? Well, you would think that he'd step up, but if he wasn't a very good second unit director, then that's who knows? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, anyway. had to mode it a lot. Yeah, because the best boy refers not to the age of the individual doing that it's job. True. This is true. It refers only to the job. But that's still irrelevant. <laughs> what we're going to do now is we're going to go watch The Matador. How, how, how many different subjects can we touch on if we just keep talking for like another three minutes? You have no fucking idea. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the kind of question you don't even want to know the answer to. So we're just going to go and we're going to watch The Matador. I hope you, our listeners at home, do the same and we'll be back in just a little bit. And we are back. Many margaritas have been drunk. Many bulls have been humanely killed off screen. (laughs) Or so we've been told. (laughs) Yes. And we have watched The Matador. So, Barb, we start with you. You have seen The Matador for the first time ever, unlike Melissa and I, who have both seen it many times. Yes. What did you think of the film? It's adorable. (laughs) It's so cute. They're totally in love with each other. I mean, not really in love, but kind of in love. And they're they're like platonic life partners. It's a bromance. It's totally a a bromance. And like the ending is kind of unexpected when I don't. I don't know. Like, what's our rules on? We can totally spoil yeah. it. All they right. Should, they spoil it for you, sons movie. of bitches. The whole um, point is we, we do the intro, and then we say we're going to go watch the film. And when they come back, they either watch the film or they deal with the consequences. Deal with the consequences, bitches. Yeah. Um, because he turns into a good guy assassin who's actually like, no, I'm not going to kill him for you because you're better than that. And, mm-hmm. and then it's just like. Oh, he does have a heart mm-hmm. under all those layers of clap and chlamydia and <laughs> alcohol yeah, and there's, booze. There's, there's yeah. got to be some some STDs going on. Oh there. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. <clears throat> and possibly with you know the blurry vision and the yeah. I hope they have a good medical plan. I mean, he is a corporate <laughs> assassin, so That's you true. would assume that they have some sort of some sort of health insurance. I would hope so. I mean, maybe a nice. I, I'm not sure that Julian's the one, the, the type that would use it. Yeah, which may although, be the problem. Although you'd think that you know, if he had a, a really decent medical plan, he'd be able to file for disability and go on. Yeah. For- you know, get treated for yeah. PTSD. And let's talk about the fact, where is Mary Ellen in HR? Because if yes. you're running a good corporate assassination group, you need to have people in HR that can, A, make sure your people aren't going to lose their fucking shit, um, <laughs> and B, you know, kind of be like, 
hey, let's check in. How you doing? You've mm-hmm. killed 75 people this year, and it's, you know, March. What's going on? Yeah. It's, it's, been, it's been a busy year. Do you need a little PTO? I mean, there's, there's I don't know. It, it, it feels like most of the problems that Julian had were caused by his own employer, which explains the eventual solution, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um. But, well, I mean, I, I feel that you know, once a person has no friends, that kind of grates on a human being. Yeah. yeah. No outlet. Yeah, no outlet. Other than home. fucking people that are prostitutes. Or, yeah. You know, yeah. Well, he seemed to get the old lady. Yeah. Paying for it. Most I, I mean, he certainly paid for it at, at times. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. You know, but uh, sometimes I mean, you need a professional. <laughs> Well, yeah. Even if they're very young professionals, they're still a professional. Yeah, I mean, there's there's plenty to unpack there. But <laughs> so yeah, uh, I mean, Brosnan does this film. It's like I think it was three years after his last Bond film. Yeah, that's about right. And uh, I adore it because it's it's like it's James Bond. I mean, his character is James <laughs> Bond. But the but it's the the flip side of James Bond. Here's mm-hmm. what actually really would go on if James Bond actually existed. He'd be mildly alcoholic. Uh, mildly? <laughs> well, he, benefit of the doubt. She's being fires. generous. Right, He's fine. functional-ish. He's functionally uh, alcoholic. He's, He's functionally fun- alcoholic. You, you no. meet a guy, you hook up with him seven months later when you knock on his door at 1130 at night. Why not? Yeah, well, it's a, bro- it's a bromance. It, it, it is this a romance. Is, this is totally a, a romance. But, yes. but I think I think given his, his vocation, mm-hmm. that's certainly... The one of the more believable parts of the entire film oh, is that he'd be able to find Danny. Oh, oh gosh! Well, yeah. he gave him his card. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. That yeah. There, even that. what, what he knows from Denver. You know how many? It, I want to see the footage of that character going to every Danny Wright in Denver. <laughs> he actually started at eight o'clock that morning yeah. and just finally got to him at eleven thirty p.m. No, he knows. Are you com- Sarah Connor? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he knows what company Danny Wright works for. He knows, yeah, he knows yeah, he can track him. I'm pretty he sure. Can sh- he schmoozed his way through so much diff. I mean, I'm sure it was just a matter of, hey, lady, what's going on? Yeah. Tell yeah. me on your little fancy computer there, where does Danny live? Yeah, I, I, I th- there's no question there that I think that was <laughs> that was easy. Yeah. That was easy. Um, I don't know about you know shooting somebody at a horse track but yeah that that seems harder but so okay so this is my question because you you know we see him kill a couple different people kind of at least Mm -hmm. there's the illusion of um why is there no like police or like the whole like after effect of well now i need to run away but people are going to see me running away why don't we see any of that because that's well, not what the movie is interested in. I know. Yeah, th- this is a, he, he's yeah, always yeah. he's always leaving the scene right away. So by oh, the time yeah. the police get there, he's pretty much gone. Yeah, and I mean it's part of the fan- fantasy of hitman <clears throat> movies anyway. That's true. Um, he doesn't leave any forensic evidence. Mm-hmm. He, yeah. Even they, though he takes all of his rings and everything off, I thought for for sure he was going to leave one of his rings at some point in time, and that was going to lead back to him. Blah blah blah. Whatever. Yeah, and it, it it's the I mean it's part of the fantasy of like I said it's a part of the fantasy of the Hitman movie is like you don't you don't bother with the messy stuff. I know I'm trying to be logical. And, and yeah, and 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 this is a movie um, that is written by somebody who hates Hitman movies. 
like really very deliberately yeah mm-hmm. like he he has said this in interviews um this movie was the uh, brainchild of a gentleman named richard shepherd who um among other things was behind this very strange david bowie movie called the linguini incident which i highly recommend it is bizarre <laughs> uh he's also a tv writer and, i like pasta and he conceived of this movie uh wrote out the script and uh, was, you know, kind of shopping, sending samples of the script to various uh, places because he was hoping to make this for a tiny budget, like $250,000, and he was fishing for the money in a production company. And one of the um, uh, test scripts wound up at Pierce Brosnan's production company. I did see that because yeah. they produced by Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, and, and Pierce Brosnan read the script and he went, I want to be this. <laughs> and so like, yeah, and called the guy and, and suddenly it was game on. Nice. So, uh, yeah, Pierce Brosnan came to the project. It wasn't written for him, which it, it seems almost absurd. Oh, it yeah. It seems ridiculous that, that it wasn't. he lives that part. Oh, my gosh. He just lives that part. And he's so wonderful in it. Oh, so but, good. Yeah, and, and he so really gets to do comedy in his career and it's mm-hmm. so fun to watch him play this although one yeah. could one could argue that Remington Steel was a comedy yeah that's true that's true but but is sort of in his movie career once he left Remington Steel yeah once he became James Bond <coughs> it became harder yeah. to go back mm-hmm. to the funny stuff so then he could but, but I mean he takes this comedic this comedic well this is like James Bond if the job wrecked him oh yeah you know oh, absolutely if the, if because it's the same thing, hard drinking, hard womanizing, mm-hmm. you know, but but super competent in his job. But mm-hmm. but where James Bond is kind of, you know, at at ease with it, yeah. as it were, mm-hmm. it is clear that Julian is not at ease with mm-hmm. this job. Right. And that it is or, that he, it is. He wants to think he is, but he mm-hmm. isn't. And I I love I love the body language and I love the manipulation, but I love the how he's very clearly reaching out just for someone to actually hold on to and well, bond with. Well, when the whole, like, it's his birthday and he's, like, going through his book and it's like, this dude, hair and makeup, this dude, you know, blah, blah, blah in Portugal. Yeah. And it's not, like, actual names really associated with anything. It's yeah. just, like, those little bits of pieces. And then, like, as he's trying to go through, he, like, throws on the different accents for, like, who was, who was he when he met them yeah. that he needs to... Be still. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, and then and then it becomes the um, if if you've ever been on business, it's that weird ass eleven thirty p.m. conversation you have at the hotel bar uh-huh. with somebody you don't know and you know you're not gonna see ever again. And it's the how much do I actually tell you? Yeah. Do I actually tell you the truth? Yeah, it's either absolutely artificial or you can be absolutely frank with this person because you're never gonna see him again. Yep. And. And I think this movie captures that and just throws the hitman element into it, and it's it's just lovely. And and plus, Greg Kinnear is so wonderful. Oh my god! I wish you would have told me. Like I was in when you were like, who's never seen a movie? Because I'll always watch a movie. Um, if you would have told, <laughs> if you would have told me that it was Greg Kinnear, I would have been like, I'm showing up at your house anyways. I don't give a shit if you don't need me. I want to watch the damn movie because yeah. I love that man. Yeah, Kinnear is so wonderful. I feel like we've almost forgotten how wonderful he is because he was 
like deemed wonderful like in this era and was wonderful yeah, given then, wonderful opportunities and yeah then now he's not doing any of those things yeah which is sad because um he's he's God, producing he's what? producing heaven is for real that's what he did which is okay but uh-huh. um you know from talk suit to this and then and then as good as it gets which i absolutely love his role in that uh-huh. um the he's just this delightful actor and i love I love seeing him at all times, and and he's just it. He he and Brosnan just have this wonderful energy together, and I love it. So yes, much. yeah, and and I, and I love that Brosnan shows up at his house and he's grown a mustache and he's he's cute. okay it's so adorable. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> it's so cute when they're standing like and they kind of have the same colored shirt on and they're sort of yeah. both at like the profiled. I was like, those sons of bitches could be brothers. Uh huh. Totally. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, um, I think uh, one of the things that I really like about this movie is the way they 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 set up that you don't know what happened in that in that hotel room. You don't. Mm. You kind of get the feeling Danny didn't open the door. Yeah. You know, and so when when Julian shows up at his door, you're like, oh shit. What mm. did go on? You know, and and yeah. they play it really, really well. Where once you know what happened, uh-huh. you can see the Kinnear is actually at ease with him, and actually like you know, uh-huh. and he's not afraid of Danny. He's just kind of weirded. Sorry, of Julian. Yeah. He's just kind of weirded out yeah. a little bit that that Julian showed up at his house. You know, but the first watching of that film, you get that feeling of oh shit. The last time I remember seeing this guy. Or the last experience I had with this guy was him drunkenly pounding on my door and me not answering it. Mm-hmm. And and the the scene plays really well both ways. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh! When they were when he was like, "You you owe me." Like at that point in time, I'm going, "Oh, oh shit! Oh. What happened? Something happened. What totally happened? Damn it! Now and like I'm like, come on, flashback. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. so well done. It's like you owe me. What is what does he owe him for? I don't know. Something. Mm. There was that broken glass and hmm. He got the contract and you're like he's an assassin. So you start putting those pieces together. Mm-hmm. I totally jumped to the assumption and I was like, holy shit. Hired him to kill people. Or they slept together. Who knows? Right. Yeah. I mean, there was some hardcore yeah. heavy hitting going on. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. You know. Totally. About good margaritas also, also and cock. Yep. Super, super hot. <laughs> I, I mean, I feel like that would be some very delightful deviant art to find. That's, <laughs> well. That's some gay porn I'd watch. <laughs> Tim, that's some gay porn Tim, I'd write. Tim, is there slash fiction for the Matador? Oh. I, 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 I'm sure there is. Wait, wait, you want me to go look? No, in? no, no, no. It's All okay. Right. We can look at it. Listeners, if we find it, we'll post it in the show notes. <laughs> I got it. I mean, I can't believe there isn't. The, the only reason we'll there wouldn't be it. is this was an obscure little indie film and maybe no slash fiction writers saw it. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm looking it up I, right now. I feel now. like we should have like a a listener contest. <laughs> Send us your best <laughs> Greg Kinnear Pierce Brosnan slash fic. I mean, I'll take just any Greg Kinnears. You just, know, just Greg, just Greg that you want to send me. Okay. I'm totally cool right. with that. All right, sweet. All right, cool. We've established that. <laughs> well, there's a fan fiction author named the Matador. 
there's um, <laughs> there's some very interesting things <laughs> when you type when you Google the Matador. <laughs> the Matador <laughs> slash fiction. Yep. Wow. There, wow. there's a. I'm a little scared to even open this because it's called. There's uh, Ferdinand, like as in Ferdinand the Bull, like the small children's story. Oh, yeah. I think. I'm not. I'm. I'm yeah, don't click that. I'm not gonna open it because that don't gives that, that gives that makes me a little <laughs> nervous. <laughs> I don't want to. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure we could find it. I, I mean, I, yeah. I'm sure. That's some deep web stuff. <laughs> <laughs> go, listeners, go. <laughs> Fly, my monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> or great opportunity for you to start you find your niche in in, yeah. in the community an opportunity as it were <laughs> yeah i mean so. so so yeah and uh and and we have like a host of lovely character actors who pop up for like a scene or two oh and, yes and hope davis who is charming oh i love her yeah. and dear listener she just showed up as uh maria stark in civil war Oh, there you go. She's in the Marvel universe. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she uh, died in that. I'm sorry. Spoiler. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Yeah. Uh, but we got Philip. I mean, the Hall. film does not pass the Bechtel test. Let's nope. be really clear about this. <laughs> no. There's there's one woman with a name and a lot of women. Who you see. Bang. Yep. Yeah. You see some boobs. There's one woman who's 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 a victim of the Matador of of, of Julian. Mm-hmm. Other than that, yeah, this is. This is definitely a bro film. Yep. Yeah. yeah, bro. So bro. It reminds me a lot of I Love You, Man, which came out like two... Uh, sorry, math. Four years later. Uh, with Paul Rudd. Mm-hmm. And Jason Segal. Yes, yes. Which is also delightful and involves the Hulk. Yes. So, bring it back to Marvel. Speaking of which... We have bring to it talk about to, Star Wars. Because we got to talk about Star Wars because <laughs> oh, the God. movie hadn't even started yet. Okay. I found two links to Star I, Wars. I'm, Did you I'm find just gonna, any more during the movie? Or? No, no. I'm no, just going to say this. There was approximately, because I was paying attention, we had approximately eight and a half minutes of previews. We, we were we were at five minutes, 12 seconds, <laughs> and I suddenly hear a, I found it! <laughs> And yes. I believe the prediction was five minutes. It was. So I, I, I think, you know, allowing My that 12... My prediction, you said whole movie. Allowing, I, I know, I know, I know. That's what I mean. Allowing the 12 second, I think the 12 second padding Well, is, the, Well, the 12 seconds was confirming. Ah. Mm. Yes. Yep. Uh, you found You need it. to be able to double check. Yep. So we, I found two people in the sound department on this movie who had both worked on the 1997 special editions of Star Wars. Well, there you go. Yep. So, uh, Gary Rizzo and Ronald Rumas. Have either of them won Oscars? I did not check, but um, if I remember right, Gary Rizzo has also worked on all of the Christopher Nolan films. So, his career is going pretty well. Well, I didn't say he doesn't have a job. I was just—I <laughs> was asking if he's won an Oscar. When he, oh, he winning an Oscar, do you, wonder, do you ever wonder? And I—I I just maybe this is going completely off the rails. Also, from the movie. also, he worked on Inception. He might have an Oscar. Blah. Blah. Anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> I can't help please, it. Anytime Tim, somebody Tim, splice in that sound, please <laughs> splice that sound into the episode, the actual one. Blah. <laughs> <I> want... <laughs> 
I'm sorry. Anytime somebody mentions Inception, I just I, I well, reflexively. Well, it's a sound design guy, so yeah, yeah I, I feel that yeah, is. But but fair. what I was wondering, and I, we have to go back to talk about the Matador in a minute. We we have done a better job talking about the Matador than some movies. But True. Uh, I I wonder if you're a sound designer or editor and you have an Oscar, do you just hold it while you're working? Because I mean, I think you just stroke it. I feel I, I envision that it's just like a. Like if you're the Oscar, yeah, it's just sort of Oscar. like this Barbie's as, as they're like right working now. either like on their computer or on their keyboard or whatever it is. And then they just look over and they just continually so to you, caress you, as, it as and as maybe these, switch hands depending upon. sound designers are working, they are stroking their Oscar. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I feel like it might be like a mezuzah on the door. They As they enter their studio, they just touch it. And, oh. Uh, Actually, what they're probably doing is clanging things against it and say, "How does it reverberate?" Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, I, I mean, I, I like if to I think, put a dent in it, what happens I then? I like to think that because they're sound designers, and an Oscar is, you know, kind of a, you know, a weird thing. I, I feel you like know, I feel be, like they, they, yeah. they, when people walk into their room, they'd be like, "Don't touch the Oscar." Yeah, just <laughs> because they want to point out that there's one there. <laughs> That or it's embedded inside a gong. Ooh. Yeah. They, they melt it down to make a make a something that because yes. it just doesn't sound right until they melt it down. Yeah, or um, or it's suspended from the ceiling so it can really get yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, and we're talking about special effects. I will say, you know, this movie has uh, basically none. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, they uh, digitally inserted a bolt. Oh, in a there couple shots. Well, and there was a, an explosion. They blew up a car. Yes, they did blow up a car. That's pyrotechnics. Yep. Yes. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, like even there, there's like no blood effects. Mm-hmm. Whenever uh-huh. they're doing the assassinations, they cut away before mm-hmm. before we uh, we have a chance to watch somebody's brains get splattered over the back of a over a building wall or anything. Yeah. And while this, this was not a $250,000 budget as it was originally conceived... Um, yeah, it was fairly cheaply made and shot very quickly. I, I think the shooting schedule is just over a month. And that was about it. Nice. And the whole Mo- thing was mostly, shot in Mexico City. Yes. It was okay, I was going to ask about that because it all, you know, it's like Budapest and Vienna and blah, 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 blah. And it all looks like Mexico City. Exactly. <laughs> so I was, cur- I was curious about that. So I think, I think, thank you for that information. I think that might be also a part, you know, Probably part budget, but also a uh, <laughs> you can you can double a lot of things out of Mexico City, and also they're not totally glamorous, mm-hmm. and this is and a that movie fits about well. The opposite of gr- yes, glamour. absolutely, yeah, just kind of this yeah. weird, not necessarily gritty reality, but unflattering one. Yeah, uh-huh. you know, I like the fact like that that you know he's staying in a nice hotel, mm-hmm. but James Bond stays in. Five star hotel, right? You know, and, this, uh, and J- Julian's in a in a decent hotel. And Julian a decent is not part of playing town. baccarat. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure if Julian gambles, he p- plays crafts in back alleys. D- Julian is striding across the lobby wearing only a black speedo and black boots. <laughs> And smoking. and smoking with a Modelo in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> that scene and is amazing. I, oh, I, I endeavor to have a morning like that, and I've not been far off. <laughs> but someday I will have a morning like that. They, they, For, I mean, presumably they do a, wearing more parts of a swimsuit. But, they do yeah. a really good job early in the film of uh, you know setting up. Kinnear's character and setting mm-hmm. up Brosnan's mm-hmm. character and making you ask yourself, why are they in the same movie? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Why? The, I don't understand and, how these two guys. And the awkwardness. I love how it displays the awkwardness of the two of them trying to. Yes. Because it really would the be I'm opening myself up to you. I'm gonna make a horribly dirty joke about a guy that's got a 15 inch penis, and just like we never get the punchline. What the fuck is that? Oh, I know. What is it with movies? <laughs> it's like the fucking bre- Breakfast Club when when he's when he's going back to the to the to the library and he falls through the ceiling, mm-hmm. just as the blonde is about to say the punchline. Yeah, and we nobody knows what the punchline is. Why did she have the sausage? I don't understand. <laughs> Why is it like a writing desk, Tim? These are <laughs> the important questions. Storied, this is a long and storied tradition. God damn you, Lewis Carroll. God, fuck you, Lewis Carroll. <laughs> <laughs> it's your fault we don't know the punchline to the joke from The Breakfast Club or The Matador. Yeah, indeed. And we know the punchline's really funny because Julian said so. Yeah, he laughs and says it's, a, it's fucking hysterical. It's and he's, you know. We, we could Google it and see if it... Ah. All right, let's do this. <laughs> See if there's a punchline to the See joke. If there's a punch well, but it could be like stick. it could be like the Breakfast Club, where the internet has written many punchlines to that joke, but we don't know if any of them are true. So it's like the Aristocrats. It is like the Aristocrats. <laughs> you just kind of fill in the blanks and make it your own. Yeah. I typed in human. S W I Z, and the first thing that pops up is human swizzle stick joke. <laughs> Come on, internet! <laughs> I love you, internet. The Let's internet see. will solve our conundrum, at least for this film. <laughs> or so we hope. Barb is. is Barb, bring it to us. All right. Dun dun dun. Ba, ba. Internet. This is probably where I just need to intercede a couple of blocks. Yes, probably. Yeah. Either that or he could say, um, I was super glad to see Philip Baker Hall show up. I love Philip Baker Hall. Yeah, yeah. He's, um... Yeah, lovely. It's Magnolia, you know. Yes. All right. He's a great little character actor. So I'm going to tell you this first, so you're not super sad. There is, at least at this point, there's, there's no answer. God damn it. Ah! But here is the full joke. Two Mexicans walk into a cantina. One of them is a midget, and the other has a 15-inch penis. The midget says to the bartender, they call my amigo here the human swizzle stick. Want to know what they call me? And that's it. All right. That that was the joke as delivered in the film. The human olive. It's not funny. I tried. I don't. By the way, Dylan Baker also shows up, and I love Dylan Baker. (laughs) (laughs) Dear listeners, <laughs> Dylan Baker is in a wonderful movie called Trick or Treat. Not the one from the 80s, which is also great in its own right, but uh, there's one from the early 2000s that is... Um, it's an anthology it's, horror film. It's an anthology horror film, so uh, October's coming up. Cue it up. Watch it. It's fantastic. And Dylan Baker is in the first segment. There you go. So something about Dylan Baker to remember for the future. Also, he's a lizard. Um, and... Uh, the actor that plays uh, Greg Kinnear's partner, yeah, he's Adam all Scott. Over the place. Yeah, well, he's but all most importantly, he's in Parks and Recreation. Yes. So, uh, I'm just going to give a quick shout out. Yeah, to he's, that. He's had a career since then. I mean, like, oh, he's had a real good career since yeah, then. Yeah, because he he does like 18 things a year. Busy, None of which busy. does he? Do you think he knows the punchline? Let's call him. Can we call him? 
I bet I know somebody. I was going to say someone has to know someone. I, Seven degrees of separation at this point. I, I just met somebody who was involved with Parks and Recreation this weekend. Mm. Mm. We might mm. be able to make this happen. Um, so I didn't or, do. Or we could I, just like email Richard Shepard and ask. Yeah, I'm sure he's eagerly waiting at his computer for well, anything. Well, you know. Yeah. Um, I did not do a deep dive into the dark web, uh, but but there does not appear to be any answer to the question of what do they call his friend. So I'm sorry. All right, we're gonna have to do some. Why is the internet not made up a punchline to that joke? I don't know. I feel like that's the function of the internet. Yes, it is. It's it's you know. But it, I feel it, like it, I it have found a new it, calling. In life. It can't all be porn. There's gotta be there's gotta be punchlines to. to <laughs> To jokes that don't have punchlines. Melissa is going to carve out the point zero 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 four percent of the internet that's not porn, specifically just to make answers to all of the unanswered punchlines. It's just a little bit of text. It hardly takes up anyone's and zeros at all. It'll just be me and the guy who runs the website uh, that uh, showcases all the videos from that uh, really short bridge on the East Coast. <laughs> that, cars. that is a yeah. great, that is a it, great, great video I've lost video so series. many hours watching. Just watching the, the, the trucks try to go under that bridge and fail. Yeah, they just <laughs> eat it. Good luck. It, <laughs> 11foot8.com. That's what it is. So Let's anyway. <laughs> Number 11 foot, F-O-O-T, number 8.com. Okay, so Watch back it. to the Matador. <laughs> back to the Matador. But talking about... Okay, never mind. Yes. 11 foot, 11 foot 8. Human swizzle stick. Do you, <laughs> you think the human swizzle stick could get under that bridge? I'm, I, I'm sober. No, because he's 15... Well, no, he's 15 inches, but we're gonna pretend, we can pretend that he's 15 feet. Sorry. If he was 15 foot. feet, he could not. Well, I mean, it depends. I guess if he was like... That would be... Life-altering. <laughs> I, I mean, like for both him and everyone else, and let's everybody. be honest. I mean, that's, he'd be that's looking, both a career and a crippling disability. He'd be looking for the opposite <laughs> of Viagra. Yes. You know, I want to. I want to okay. bring up something. Yes. Yes. Please. Please, Tim. I want to. I want to so, know where this is going. I was. Did was I the only one? Every time I watch this movie. Was I the only one who noticed how the Matador's package was tucked during the ball fighting scene? Oh my scene? god, yeah, he dresses to the left. Yes. I, I, like, they did the whole, like, one shot of him, like, the, like, the, kind of, one of the last guys, like, as he's walking yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, they're like, and the, then they do, like, the front pan, and I was just like, um. Well, you know, he clad in tight white, you know, that's, hmm. tends to bring focus to that area. Yeah. Yeah, well, and it did. Yep. Uh, he was not wearing a dance belt. Yeah. He was, uh, yeah. <laughs> he did not learn anything from Tron Guy. <laughs> <laughs> I love he, you, Tron Guy. <laughs> he shook a shoe at a panel that I was watching once. He did. He did. I th- no, I thought it was his friend. I thought it was the nope. friend that was with him. Oh, maybe it who was. Said, who said, was try walking in his shoes, yeah. And, and he shook a shoe... I've met Tron guy. He's a fan of my band. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's a, you he's, know, he's a, he's a nice guy yeah. who needed to wear a dance belt. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Because nobody needs to see where you're dressing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think. And, unless you're a very specific I've, sort of individual with. Now, not having a lot of experience with bullfights, I wonder if, <laughs> if the package of the matador is important. 
If that's well, I feel like if you're uh, putting very athletic young gentlemen into very tight white pants, I feel like that's part of the. It, I mean, appeal. I'm pretty sure that the shots of the bullfight were just they just shot a bullfight. Yeah, well, I th- I think they did, but they specifically did not. It, it it was for the film, so they did not actually kill any. Right. Right, but I mean, they, they, these were actual matadors. I presume they, they, they didn't I just they didn't find a bunch of actors and go, "Well, I don't know what they do with their package, so I'm just gonna shove it over here." <laughs> they, these were actual matadors who did these sorts of things yeah. with their packages all the time. So my only other interaction, really, and knowledge of matadors um, is through uh, a delightful music video by Madonna. <laughs> um, <laughs> so. I mean, we could always cross-reference that. There, there's also the... the I'm sorry, which music video is that for our listeners? Uh, oh, uh, crap. Um, oh, I can't remember which one that is. Now I've got to look it up because I can't remember the name of the song either. There is also El Matador by the Fabulous Cadillacs, which but, is a song I recommend. Uh, but do they actually have a music video with... Matadors and the whole thing. I think they must the name of the out. song is "Take a Bow." Yes. Take a bow. Okay. Also, there is an amazing movie from Spain called Blanca Nieves. Uh, came out in oh, I want to say two thousand eight, two thousand nine ish. Silent, black and white. Oh. Uh, the story of Snow White. Except she becomes a matador at the end. What? I need to write that down. Yeah, watch Blanca Nieves. The matador thing is a little bit of a spoiler, but you see the photo of the woman dressed as a matador. All the, that all does the that does kind of give it away a little yeah. bit. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's it is an amazing movie, and it's like old school, old school fairy tale, except set in like the 1920s, and matadors are involved. And yes, they're little people. Little people. Mm-hmm. Is there somebody with a 14-inch penis? Because if there is, we, we need to might find be able them. to find out what the punchline is. What the punchline is to that joke. I'll have to rewatch it. Hmm. All right. Feel free to invite me over for that. <laughs> sure thing. All right. I, um, you know, I think we're getting close to final thoughts about this movie because yeah. we're talking about Matador's packages for yeah. a really long time. So, Melissa, why don't you give us your final thought about the Matador? The sombrero that shows up in the movie sold at auction for $22,000. $22,000 sombrero. Really? Yeah, so there are fans. What did it say on the top? You know what? I forgot to look at it. I was trying to figure that out very and like it probably says happy birthday or something. Yeah, probably. Or or the Spanish equivalent thereof. Wait, wait. Feliz, Feliz cumpleaños. Is that what it is? Okay. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, Barb. What is your final thought about the Matador? It is a delightful film. The um it's I mean, like we said, it's a total bromance and they're just adorable and I mean, if they had half an hour longer, I feel like when they were in their house at two thirty in the morning they would have just ended up turning into like eight year old giggly girls doing each other's hair or something. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm well especially sure. with the sparkly nail polish. Certainly combing yes. combing. I wanna know if 
Brosnan just wandered around the set with sparkly nail polish because that'd be kind of awesome. I mean, we didn't really see his toes at any other point in time, so yeah. it's a very I, good I, I possibility. I assumed they were that the, he had painted toenails mm-hmm. at other times. Uh, that that she frequently woke up in bed with a lover who was I don't know too drunk to notice that he was painting his toenails. He was or something. rocking some really shiny toes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, my final thought is actually um, th- one of the trivia that that I read that I thought was fascinating is apparently the original cut of this film was 130 minutes. Yeah, they cut a wow. Uh, and the the final cut of the film is 97 minutes, uh-huh. and it feels really good at 97 minutes. Yeah, it's nice and true. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would trim. certainly be intrigued to find out what was in those nearly, I, I mean, wow, that's almost 60 minutes of, of film yeah. that they got rid of. Uh, not 60, I'm sorry. Uh, almost Your math is 30, uh, Almost uh, a little over 30. That's 33 minutes. Yeah, 33 minutes of film. I'd be really interested to know what they, they did with the other 33 minutes. Oh, um, yeah. Because... I'm pretty sure that they made the right choice. Yeah. And oh, it might yes. have been just supporting stuff like him giving a, like Greg Kinnear giving a business pitch or like a couple, fle- fleshing out a couple of hits in the middle mm-hmm. or, or something. But this is nice and tight. I really like yeah. the resulting movie. Yeah, I do too. So, uh, dear listeners, that was The Matador. I hope you watched it as we watched it and enjoyed it as we enjoyed it. But if you didn't, you know what? Uh, that's the way it goes. Yeah. Uh, and we are going to watch another movie next time. Now, you might have noticed last time I said our next podcast was going to be Star Wars. And uh, again, that... It was well, lies. It didn't go well. It didn't... It, it did. just... It just... It yeah, didn't yeah, work. don't ask. It didn't work out. Don't ask. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to tell you what the next movie is going to be. And this time... My hope is it's the truth. My expectation, in fact, is that it's the truth. Don't oh, believe him. It will be Casino Royale. It will be Casino Royale. It will uh, be our final Bond film, our, uh, the first film featuring the so far current Bond, yes. Daniel Craig. <laughs> and of course, our good friend Chris Vanderkamp will return to watch. <laughs> Chris Vanderkamp will return in our episode. About Casino Royale. About Casino Royale. So, Barb, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you. And uh, we hope uh, you will join us next time for Casino Royale. We hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on A Real Education.